Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We have a great show lined up for you today about a topic that I love talking about. Uh, we have somebody joining us, Deborah Collins Stevens joining us here today. She wrote the book, This Is Not the Life I Ordered. This is not the life I ordered. And, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, the things that happen to us or that go on in our heads uh, that want to just drag us down. Uh, they, they, you know, they, just crazy things that may have you all discombobulated about your life. But, you know, now we have the science about why it's important to understand what it means to keep our head above water. But this book, this book takes you through not only what Deborah has learned, but it takes you on a journey, a journey that each and every one of us has experienced in some shape, form or fashion. You know, one of the things that I read as I looked at the book was the dedication. Let me just let me just get to it. Uh, this is a dedication. It says this book is dedicated to brave and courageous women who light the dark for all of us. Life is good. Life is short. May you achieve your dreams. May you also be wise enough and generous enough and kind enough to help another woman achieve hers. And I, I love that. Because part of the journey, and I've talked about this before for myself, and I've shared sort of my, you know, not just my personal view, but my journey, my story. And I think about the angels that I have had along the way, you know. And so as we think about this, this is not the life I ordered. If we think about that, this is not the life I ordered, or this is not the life I ordered, what does that say to you? What does that mean to you? You know, what is it about that that we can talk to or talk about? I want to just read a couple things here. Um, when I opened this book and I started to read it, you know, I was struck by something that's so important for me to remember, which I am human and I do forget. And that is that hope remains a strategy always hope. The minute that we turn our back on hope, what is it that we face? My mom used to say, when you turn your back to hope, this is my mom used to say this, and she used to say it kind of differently in a little Southern accent, but she used to say to us girls and talk about hope all the time. And what she would say is when you turn your back on hope, what you face is your eventual defeat. And she wouldn't say it quite like that, but that's what I boiled it down to. You know, so basically she was saying, yeah, girls, if you turn your back on hope, you are gonna be facing the toughest road you can imagine. You're gonna be giving in to defeat. You're gonna be looking at yourselves, oh, child. And this is my mom, she's the way she'd go on about this. She would say, yeah, you're gonna be thinking, why did I turn my back on hope? Why did I do that? And how many, how many other people have I turned my back on? If I turn my back, she said, girls, you just don't turn your back on hope for yourself. When you turn your back on hope, you turn your back on hope for others. You turn your back on hope for your family. You turn your back on hope for your friends. You turn your back on hope, you know, for those that you want to support, but you just don't know how to support them anymore. When you turn your back on hope, you're turning your back on the life that you will regret you did not fight for. That's what you'd say. When you turn your back on hope, you turn your back on the life 
that you will regret you did not fight for. And so today, as I read this book, this is not the life I ordered. And I think about what Deborah has done in her own life. I think about all of the books she's written, the bestsellers, the books that are put into multiple languages. I think about what it was that must have touched her on the shoulder, in the heart, probably in her big toe, but something that got to her, something. And when I think about that something, I think about how many of us how many of us are right there? How many of us are right on the side of looking at our lives and saying, this is not the life I ordered? You know, this is a book that has 50 ways to keep your head above water. And we're going to talk about them. Now, my guest today, Deborah Collins-Stevens, had a an emergency and will not be able to join us here. But I am going to talk about the book anyway. And so just a heads up for you, Mr. Benny, we're just going to, the shoe must go on. I want to just talk about the, <laughs> the shoe. shoe the show, like, the shoe. I mean, yeah, it will go on too, the left or the right. I'm just, the shoe. <laughs> the shoe. Oh my God. Benny, do you want to hear about my latest obsession? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. Table tennis shoes. They actually make a shoe. They have. Oh, absolutely. Wow. And I got to tell you, they're styling. You know, like, uh, what is that company that produces the basketball shoes that everybody wants to get? No, Nike. Yeah, there we go. Right. And they're like named after people. Yes. Okay. Not so much in the table tennis arena. Mm. Our shoes are named after the manufacturers or many of the manufacturers that produce the paddles. Okay. One of the leading brand names, believe it or not, in the industry is butterfly yes butterfly butterfly shoes butterfly rubber butterfly blades for your bat butterfly 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 but they're not the only they're not the only folks out there but here's the deal and and this is kind of interesting my obsession with these shoes comes from the nuances comes from this looking at certain aspects of who I am today in the world, right? Trying to have some fun, hitting a little ball, but also looking at myself and thinking, wait a minute, is this the life that I ordered or not? And let me tell you what it has to do with. I I got to hang out the other day with some very good players, really good players. Of course, I cannot speak a word of Korean. I am trying to learn a little bit, but my coach is Korean. He's from Korea. And, and all the guys and, and ladies that play, that's what they're, they're from Korea. They speak Korean. As a matter of fact, our tournament was at the Korean church in Bothell. But here's the interesting thing. I just had this notion. I'm watching this guy play. And I'm thinking about how agile he is. So imagine having the kinds of knees, right? You know, your knees, K-N-E-E-S, right? And and imagine having knees that will allow you to flex and bend so that you can actually, and we saw it in tennis over the weekend, I think. There was a tennis tournament, right? And we saw this. We saw the agility of people. And, you know, I, I mean... Of course, if you're watching some of the tennis players, they they look so strong. They look so agile. But also, if you follow them and you watch them, they seem to make the most perfect shot, the most difficult shots. They seem to be able to stretch and bend and twist and just grab that ball right before it hits the ground, right? But the thing that's so interesting about this is... When life gives us a blow, when we get a a hand and dealt a hand and we're thinking about this hand and we're saying to ourselves, oh, my God, I am never going to win this game with the hand that I was just dealt. Do you give up? Do you turn away? 
What happens when you realize at some point in your life that this is not the life I ordered? That's what that's what Deborah wrote about. That's what this book wrote about is all about. But the reason I'm starting out with hope is because right out of the gate, hope remains a strategy always. If we don't have hope, what then takes its place? So let me read you this quote from Maya Angelou, right? Here's the quote. You may, and you could hear her say this too. You may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. It is necessary to encounter the defeats so you can know who you are and what you can rise from. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the promise. What is the promise of hope? What is that promise of hope? What does it lead us to? And how do we know that we are on that pathway so that if we decide for whatever reason to turn our backs to hope, if we make that conscious decision and we literally turn our backs to hope, do we understand that we are looking down? a deep, dark hole that we may or may not be able to rise up from. But defeats do not make us defeated. My mom used to say, girls, honey, girls, yep. If it don't kill you, it's going to make you stronger. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Pat. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit glennarice.com. Darcy Pariso is your connection to spirit, energy, and healing. You can meet Darcy in person at upcoming events throughout Seattle. Do you have questions about your animal companions, yourself, or do you desire to communicate with loved ones on the other side? Darcy will connect you and get answers. Darcy can also work with energy healing to help you and your animal companions feel more balanced and recharged. Visit DarcyPariso.com events. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit EmpoweringEnergy.com. That's Empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Do you want the knowledge and wisdom to understand where spirituality, science, and psychology intersect? Then join the Karmic Path Radio Show with Tina and Laura on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Follow this charmingly, disarmingly dynamic duo as they explore how psychic ability, spirituality, and karmic law tie together. For more information on Tina, Laura, and their groundbreaking work, visit TheKarmicPath.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. 
visit MaryJaneMack.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, this is great book. And, you know, the, the book is something that every single one of us, if you read it, you'll be able to say, look, me too. I've had that. Maybe not in that way, but I've been there, right? Um, and this book was written uh, for women, pretty much. But when I think about this, the book is called This Is Not The Life I Order. And it gives women the inspiration to survive the worst luck and circumstances and to climb into a new life with unexpected happiness. Now, Rita Moreno wrote this forward to the book. And, and she goes on to say, this is what I wish for every woman, the ability to survive and thrive. And I think that when you put those words on paper, they're words. But when you live them, when you live them, and you read about the stories in the book, and you read about the people that move beyond whatever that was that showed up in their lives, right? The stories that people are, are, are telling about how to move forward, right? And it's hard when you're in the middle of it, right? There's a quote from Oprah that I think I've heard her say before, you know, although there may be tragedy in your life, there's always a possibility to triumph. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. The ability to triumph begins with you always. And I remember that quote, but I got to tell you, when you are in the middle of the tragedy, I mean, in the middle, if you don't have any past experience of triumph, when you're in the middle of that thing, and you cannot put your finger on one of two things, a previous experience that would say to you, I can get out of this, or number two, hope. See, that's all you need, those two things right there. Now, if you have both of them together, hope, and then you have a previous experience that says, I don't need to get there, I can get past this, there you go. One of the things that Deborah talks about in this book is the idea of staying positive. Do not allow yourself, your group, your tribe, the people you're with, don't allow any of it to turn into a pity party because a pity party will rob us of our spirit and it will do nothing to empower us. But when we're in the middle of it, it feels like coming home. Why is that? You know, what is it about a pity party? What is it about that thing that can so engulf us that for some small moment, just a small, tiny moment, what is it about that that would enable us to believe the illusion that pity is positive? And so part of us, we go through life and we think about what it means. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and I know you guys have heard me talk about this before. I was talking to somebody the other day uh, about, uh, they heard the show that I did um, a couple of Thursdays ago or last Thursday. Um, I talked about the relationship between the Game of Thrones and, and politics. And I went through, uh, not really with a point of view on a political party or a political agenda, but I talked about the Game of Thrones and my friend sent me an email saying to me, Pat, did you know that people are quite unhappy with the season or the series finale? And, and this email went on to talk about, <laughs> honestly, Betty, I didn't know this. They went on to, the, the people are so upset with the series finale, Game of Thrones. I think the series finale came out like in April or something. I, I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember. But, but CNN is still talking about the Game of Thrones finale. But here's what we're talking about. This is the paradox. So the Game of Thrones finale set a new viewership record. 
44.2 million viewers. Wait, wait for it, wait for it. I couldn't believe these numbers. I, I was in shock. Per, so I started to read this. Series, here's it, season eight of this series is averaging 44.2 million viewers per episode. I think that's as, almost as much as many people have voted in the last election or something. So, so here's where we are. We have this phenomenon, right, that will take you through every emotion you could possibly have. And I'm struck by, and I'm not going to do any spoilers for those of you that haven't. I am struck by the series, the series finale, and this book. This book that I'm talking about today, my guest who had a family emergency and couldn't make it. This is not the life I ordered. And I was thinking about this. And I was thinking about the way that this Game of Thrones played itself out. And what it tapped into for the human emotion. And so here's the thing I want to say. 44.2 million viewers per episode. And even with that, every review about the finale, everything about it, anybody talking about it, you go Google it. Six things we've learned from Game of Thrones, the last watch documentary. So now they have a two-hour documentary that you can watch. Even with that, the bad reviews, the fans are so upset about the writers for Game of Thrones. They want to ban them from the upcoming Disney production of Star Wars. That's how upset fans are. They started a petition. So I'm thinking to myself, now, wait a minute. Everybody's like so upset. But we're getting 44 million views. So here's my question. What are we upset with? Are we addicted to the idea of being disappointed? Are we looking at something that people have attached themselves on to for so long, for so many years, uh, emotionally, psychologically, and otherwise? What is it about this that captivates us? And so my friend said to me, Pat, gosh, you should know this. You should know the answer to this. People are watching the drama of Game of Thrones with the hope that a hero will emerge, that all will be good, that light will be victorious over dark, that the life, the life we're living may not be the life we've ordered, but it's the life we have. And what are we willing to do to thrive in that life? So here I am, I'm talking to my friend about this. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I, I, uh, what is it? What is it about this that is breaking all the records and yet will have even me talking about it in a way I hadn't done before? But let me give you a little bit of interesting statistic. What they're not talking about, but I know, that you guys are right there with me, what they're not talking about is what is the attraction now for people that have followed the entire series for I think it's 10 years are now going back and watching the very first episode, watching the entire deal all the way through, going through reams of popcorn to binge watch every episode every series about this phenomenon, the Game of Thrones. And yet, if you ask people if they know the names of the actors that played in the roles of Game of Thrones, if you ask them, right, if they know the actors' names, you would be surprised about what they say. So here's what I did. I went and I asked. I said, do you, do you know what actor played Cersei? I don't know. They just always known her as Cersei. 
what actor and you go through and you ask. So what I want to say about this, I want to talk about this when we get back. What is it about the fantasy of what we're looking at that helps us either transcend, understand or capture the essence of hope for us in the life that we may not have ordered for ourselves? Are we able to capture hope in the fantasy of Hollywood and television and even politics? Are we able to do that and hold on to hope even as we get ready to turn sideways on it to look defeat in the face? We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Do you want the knowledge and wisdom to understand where spirituality, science, and psychology intersect? Then join the Karmic Path Radio Show with Tina and Laura on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Follow this charmingly, disarmingly dynamic duo as they explore how psychic ability, spirituality, and karmic law tie together. For more information on Tina, Laura, and their groundbreaking work, visit TheKarmicPath.com. What the fun do I do with my shui? Are you ready to hear what your space is about you and what you're communicating to the outer world about your inner dialogue? Are you ready to create harmony in your surroundings? Then join us on Clear Speak Talk Radio with Dr. Jeanette Wolf on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for current IT integrated with ancient knowledge to boost the broadcast of your space. Visit JeanetteWolf.com for more information on this amazing approach. If you have a sense that you are meant for more, join Heather Allison every third Tuesday at noon Pacific as she explores an ancient, forgotten energy within us and helps us access our original archetypal blueprint. The Golden Path will help you remember the key to unlocking your life, love, success, and magic you were meant for. A key to unlocking your golden path. Visit heather-allison.com. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to heal the deep, hidden, inner issues, wounds, beliefs, and traumas? The journey into spiritual healing engages people in all areas of their lives to heal themselves and others. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Dr. Jaffe brings conversations of healing of body, mind, and spirit as he merges the excellence of traditional medicine with the beauty of spiritual healing. For more information about Dr. Jaffe, this show, and his work, visit drjaffemd.com. Awareness is universal. Establishing a living awareness through meditation brings peaceful, healthy, and creative well-being into your everyday life. The practice of living awareness, Spirit Fire's own meditation practice, is built on this belief and is designed for every level of practitioner. Each year, Spirit Fire hosts living awareness meditation retreats that allow you to explore the practice in depth at our retreat center in beautiful Western Massachusetts. Introduce yourself to meditation and the practice at the Foundations Retreat. Attend, in silence, a silent meditation retreat focused on mindfulness, presence, and nature. Or be engaged with the meditation sittings themselves at the Deepening Retreat. Start adding to your awareness and attend a meditation retreat designed to cultivate consciousness in your everyday life. For details on attending a Living Awareness Meditation Retreat, visit upcoming events at www.spiritfire.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, I think we are all hoping Deborah will be joining us here at some point in the future. She is the author, as I said before, when we're thinking about our lives. Do we ever think about this is not the life I ordered? Uh, she is the author of that book. And one of the things she says is, to you know, I mean, one of the literally one of the ideas of the book is to stay positive, you know, stay positive. But what happens when you stay positive? You know, there's something we're learning and we're learning it big time right now. We are learning the power of storytelling. Um, I got to study with some people that taught me about storytelling and what storytelling meant to the indigenous people, at least the indigenous people that I met here in this country. But storytelling has been part of cultures all over the world for so long. And, you know, we see it in the scriptures that were written for, you know, that we refer to as the Bible. You know, we see it, you know, as fantasy, maybe in the idea 
of things like the Bhagavad Gita. We see it in the storytelling that's happening in our books in the context of our lives. You know, we see it in stories that get told every day as we try to interpret or make sense of our lives. And one of the things I was struck by in Deborah's book as I started to read it was coming out of the gate with hope. Hope is a strategy. You see, hope is not my favorite word, but it is a word that I'm familiar with. And I, I shared a little bit about that, um, about my mom and what she taught us three girls about hope. For those of you that have never looked up the meaning of hope or how it's used, right? It has multiple, multiple definitions. Let me, let's just go over them for a minute. Uh, and by the way, you know, the meaning of hope is well documented in the Bible and in other scriptures. It has meaning. Some people say it has real meaning outside of the dictionary. But hope is important. It was important in Deborah's book. It's also important when we think about a version of fantasy, and I'm just using one example, and, and that is Game of Thrones. I did two shows last week on Game of Thrones, but they were really on broken promises. And, you know, they were a comparison of Game of Thrones to our po politics right now, but also to other aspects of life. One of the things that cuts across conversations about hope, conversations uh, uh, about a life that perhaps you didn't think you'd be living, you know, maybe you're thinking about yourself and you're saying, this is not the life I ordered. But two things happens when you look at the word hope. For me, my mom did not separate two words, two words. I now know the second word to be perseverance. So even though my mom was really good at keeping us positive, keeping us on the bright side of things, you know, keeping us looking at a future that has unlimited possibilities, she was brilliant in that way, but she would be. This is a woman that had her first child at 12, her second child at 13. She grew up in the deep south. My grandparents' house didn't have a stove. They had a potbelly thing that you threw wood in. They had an outhouse. When they died, they still had an outhouse. They lived in a very small town of Victoria, Virginia. Sundays, people came on the lawn, played guitars. I learned how to play the spoons. Highly unlikely from a girl that grew up in the Bronx. But this is the conversation today. It's how do we hang on to hope? But then how do we put hope in action? And I know you all have heard me talk about hope in action. What that really has come to mean, hope in action, my mom's word for it is don't give up. Don't ever give up. Another word for it is perseverance. Perseverance. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about my mom, Benny. When I was a kid, I was growing up on the streets of the Bronx. And you might want to say that I was like tomboyish, right? Easily, right? My uncles raised me. My fifth birthday, I got a pair of boxing gloves. Um, I hung out with the street kids at a very young age. I wasn't supposed to. I've lived on the streets. I played on the streets. That's just what you did back then. I didn't like to do certain things. I never really liked jumping rope. I never understood how people liked jumping rope. Boring was kind of an understatement. Why would anybody stand in one place trying to jump over a rope? It never made sense to me. So I got a reprieve on that. But one day, my dad brings home these three pogo sticks. Does anybody know what a pogo stick is? Now, Benny, they have extreme pogo stick competitions. Yeah, I've now. seen those. Those things are ridiculous. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. I love them. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I love them. 
Right. I mean, those are like, I think they jet propelled and stuff. They're really <laughs> kind of cool to watch, right? But the, we got these pogo sticks. I remember them like it was yesterday. They were brass. They looked like they were brass. They were gold. Each of us girls got one. Now, my two sisters, my jump rope, rope crazed sisters, that's what they like to do. I like to play, I like to roller skate and I like to play stickball. They love the pogo sticks. And so they jump and jump and jump and just like they jump rope. And I'm thinking to myself, I remember this as a kid. I'm thinking to myself, what the bleep is the purpose to getting on this thing and jumping up and down in place? Okay, so here's what happened. Long story short, my mom looks out the window and she sees that my two sisters are jumping, jumping, jumping. And she sees me pick up the pogo stick once. You ready? That's what they called it, a pogo. Pick it up attempt to jump on it, literally crash and burn, and kick it to the side, kicked it right to the curb, right? This brand new pogo stick, and off I went about my business. My mom comes out of that house. Oh my God, Benny, you had to know my mom, my stepmom, you had to know her. Drop dead gorgeous. My dad married her like she was in her 20s. My dad was, I don't know, like three or four decades older than her comes out of the house and she says to me, get on that pogo stick. And I said to her, I can't do it. I can't do it. She says, get on the pogo stick. You're going to do it. And I said to her, I can't do it. And here we had a standoff. Here's the standoff. My mom telling me to get on this pogo stick until I could do it. And me just sitting on the curb saying, I'm not going to do it. An hour goes by, two hours goes by, sisters go in for dinner. Everybody's in for dinner. I go to go in for dinner. What do you think happens? With what? my pogo stick. I go to go into it. My, my stepmom's standing at the door. She said, no, you can't, you're not coming in. You are not coming in this house until you go out there and jump on this pogo stick. I'm I was like a kid, right? And I'm looking at her like, have you lost your mind? Why is this pogo stick going to run my life? So what do I do as a stubborn kid? I take my pogo stick and I go to the curb, sit on the curb, got my pogo stick. About a half hour goes by, it's starting to get dark, and I come back to the door. And I figure, oh, okay, she's got to let me in. I mean, there's nobody else out on the street. She's got to let me in. So I go to the door and I go with my pogo stick. She says, no, you need to get out there and learn how to jump on this pogo stick. And I'm at this point, I'm like furious, furious at her. I mean, think about it, right? I, 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 walk, down the, I walk down the steps and I take the thing and I just haul the thing out in the middle of the street. And here we go. We're in a standoff number two. And there I am. Me sitting on the curb, my pogo stick across the street. God knows that, you know, somebody didn't run that thing over because that would have been my best, best, best idea. Somebody run that thing over. I'd say another half hour goes by. It's starting to get really dark. And so I try one more time. So I go get my pogo stick and I come to the front door and I could see everybody sitting down for dinner. And my, my stepmom comes to the front. She said, no, you are not coming in this house until you jump on that pogo stick at least three times. Well, I got my first dose as a young kid of I will show you, you Bleep, 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 bleep. Off I went. And Benny, here's what I learned about emotion and anger. This is what the, this is my lesson about emotion and anger. This is why to this day, I have such a re absolute respect for when our emotions get hold of us, when our anger gets hold of us. We do things less effectively than we could possibly do them when we're not. How do we know it? 
watch Daenerys in the last episode of Game of Thrones. Watch what anger does. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what I learned about anger that's so strongly seeping in every cell of your body. What does it do? How does it help us take that next step? And how does it hurt us from taking that next step? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. The truth is funny. Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Are you ready for unfiltered gratitude, unfiltered frequency, and unfiltered creation? Then don't miss Mike Murphy Unfiltered on TransformationTalkRadio.com Thursday from 12 to 2 Pacific Time as Mike Murphy and a cast of powerful guests discuss and demonstrate the principles and practices of the creation frequency. Tune in to unleash the power of your mind. Open the immense energy of the heart to manifest an awesome life filled with true health, wealth, confidence, gratitude, and joy. Unfiltered truth and unfiltered frequency to uncover and let go of limiting beliefs and access your powerful intentions that resonate out into the universe with Mike Murphy Unfiltered. For more information on Mike and his work, visit his website at MikeMurphyUnfiltered.com. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Did you know that when working with the law of attraction, it's beneficial to share your longings with a supportive tribe who can assist in maintaining accountability and hold the creative space for your desires to manifest? I'm Autumn Seidel, host of Golden Otter Radio, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. Join me each month at the new and full moon to plant your seeds of abundance, consciously tend to your intentions throughout the lunar phases, then harvest the fruits of your co-creation with the universe in my Lunar Manifestations members-only forum. Your tribe is waiting for you at goldenotter.us. music to soothe and heal. Get to know Dudley and Dean Evanson, two of the most popular musicians you've probably never heard of. Through their label, Soundings of the Planet, the Evansons have produced over 80 music albums and videos and recently have published their first book, Quieting the Monkey Mind, How to Meditate with Music. Visit soundings.com to explore their music, videos, and blog. Listeners have written incredible testimonies about the relaxing and healing effects of their music. Find out more by visiting soundings.com. That's my pogo stick music right there. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, listen, for those of you that are, were expecting my very special guest today to talk about this is not the life I ordered, I'm talking about the life. And some days I didn't think that I ordered this life. But the question's got to be, uh, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a line right out of Game of Thrones, almost the last scene. You were exactly where you were supposed to be. Pogo sticks. You will never see me on another pogo stick. I was traumatically post-traumatic stress disorder, the pogo stick. But I'll tell you what it taught me. Here it is. So here I am. We're in the Bronx, right? Summer day, pogo sticks. Everybody's in the house eating. And I have gotten to the point where I'm so angry that I have to be out there 
trying to jump on this pogo stick. Now, remember what I told you, Benny, about the pogo stick. The first time I tried, I crashed and burned. I tried to get on that pogo stick and jump. I fell off the pogo stick. I, my knee was all crushed because of the pogo stick. And here we are with my mom. She is like, you can do the pogo stick. No, I can't. Yes, you can do the pogo stick. No, I can't. You can do the pogo stick. No, I can't. On and on. Finally, my mom and I were at a showdown. I am hungry. I am hungry. And so I decide I am going to do the pogo stick because I'm hungry. I want to eat. I want to go in the house. I don't want to stand out there now. I don't want everybody looking at me trying to do this pogo stick. And so all my friends, they were like, oh, my God, you come on, do the pogo stick. Get out there. Get ready. I'm going to do the pogo stick. But I'm furious. You could see my face. I, I, I could feel my face as this kid, right? I think it was like nine. I could feel my face even today. And I go to jump on the pogo stick. What do you think happens? O-M-G. I fell off. I get angry. More and more and more angry. Why me? Why did my mom have to die? Why is this woman in my life? Why do I have to do the pogo stick? My whole life, I'm only nine. And my life is passing for me. This is not the life I ordered. All of this over a pogo stick. Are you ready? You get the pogo stick. And I'm looking at the window at my mom. And she's sitting there. And back in the day, people smoked. I could see her sitting there at the big window smoking a cigarette. Right? And here I am with my pogo stick. So I picked that thing up again. And I'm going to, like, jump on it. So I jump. Boom. Slip right off. Can't do it. I can't do it. Throw the thing down. And I'm just fuming now. And now I'm fuming and I'm crying. You know that scene in the Game of Thrones where Daenerys, Danny, is on Dragon, on the dragon. She's sitting on that dragon. And you could see the expression in her face. You could see it. You could see she's getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And her life is passing before her. Everything that you could possibly imagine is going through her head is passing before her. And I'm a nine-year-old. And I can't, I can't get this pogo stick to work. And I'm furious. And my life and what I think about as a nine-year-old in that moment of my life, how did I get here? Why am I here? How did this crazy blonde woman from the South with those red fingernails and that red lipstick, how did that crazy woman get in my life? Why do I have to jump on a pogo stick? Pick it up again. Now the tears are coming down my face, just coming down my face. My friends that were mocking me and making fun of me weren't laughing anymore. They were, you could hear a pin drop. If you could imagine being in New York City and hearing a pin drop, this is the moment. You ever, you ever have an experience where everything around you stops? But for me, I'm still angry. But now I'm angry, sad. And I try to jump on the pogo stick and I can't. But this time, I don't go down in anger. I go down in defeat. I go down with almost all of the hope gone that I will be actually able to do this. And then my friends, these people that were teasing me and joking me, they started to chat, they, it's like chant, like cheer and chant. You can do it. Come on, you can do it. And I took a breath and I picked it up and I tried again. And this time I was actually able to do it one time, but then I fell. And at this point, my knees are bleeding. 
my hands are bleeding, but I'm not angry anymore. I could remember this like it was yesterday. I pick it up again and my friends are cheering me on. And, you know, one of the kids that I knew, Vito, Vito, Vito went home and went and got a Band-Aid for me. And I picked the pogo stick up. And there I was on the pogo stick. And I jumped once. And then I jumped twice. And then I jumped again. And at that point, I didn't realize that I had met my mom's requirement. And I kept jumping. And my friends kept cheering. Here's what I want to say about this. This nine-year-old, at this point in, in her life, felt every aspect of this is not the life I ordered. But even in the quagmire of that feeling, the death of my mother, my mother, my new life, I had a moment of hope. I found a moment of strength. There was a moment of support. And what I want to say is this. I believe that Deborah was right. This is not the life I ordered. And what she writes about it and the story she tells. Everything in the book. People that came close to death. Here it is. As big as you could get it. And I have been knocked down and have fallen off the pogo stick many times in my life. And even recently. And here's, here's what I want to leave you with. When life is not what you ordered. Just like I learned on the pogo stick, begin again. One of the hardest things you'll ever have to do, my dear, is to grieve the loss of a person. One of the hardest things you'll ever have to do is grieve the loss of some part of your life. But we do it. And then what we do is we help each other do it. And we pay that forward. So if this is not the life that you ordered, but it is the life that you have, what you want to understand is that obstacles and possibilities are only a whisper apart. They're a whisper apart. And that whisper is the whisper of what you tell yourself about hope and perseverance. Will you whisper strength to yourself and to others? Or will you whisper defeat? Will you whisper the idea of something that you hadn't thought at all possible? Will you whisper it as forever being an outstanding idea of who you are? Thank you guys for tuning us in and turning us on. We'll see you next time. Preceding audio was via a Skype call.